Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Chainsaw Buffet podcast, the podcast that's here to put two in the back of the head of 2010 and dump the body. Um, here to help <laughs> me do so, uh, we have a very special guest. We've got Basil from AwesomeCast joining us. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Basil. Tech. All right. So uh, we, the only way that you can ever really truly kill a year is to talk about it in retrospective. Uh, so let's go ahead and just kind of start rolling. Um, I'm actually thinking about making this the very last episode of this podcast because uh, 2010 was so good for us that we should just go ahead and not try 2011. You're kidding about that, right? Mostly. Okay. Good. Like, like you know, 51% kidding, 49% serious. You, you can't have <laughs> me on as a guest and then be my last chance to be a guest. That ain't cool. <laughs> fact <laughs> that would be a little rude but then we can just blame it on basil oh yeah the podcast was going great up until we had him on there man it just tanked after that i don't know what happened <laughs> see that's that's not entirely fair because we did uh, a joint podcast with him when we interviewed spike spencer that's true which that's really weird to be able to talk about that now as opposed to where we were a year ago and i also drug you guys on for my awa review that is true that that was us appearing on awesome cast yeah. uh and we've also appeared on Konoha Corner, so uh, well, I appeared there, and you know, whatever. We we we've uh, moved up in the world. We're. Appearing. I was gonna say you don't want me. You wouldn't want me talking about Naruto anyway. I don't think they want me talking about Naruto anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been invited back so far, but who knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll find out when uh, Gara punches me in the face uh, next time we see him at a convention. Anyway, wow. um, let's. Uh, I guess we can go ahead and start out with video games because I think the only game that Chad has played has been StarCraft Two. Oh, so, he played that obsessively for a while. Yes. Uh, so, Basil, what about you? What games did you play this year? Oh God, because um, I work at a game store. Yeah, I I, t- I tend to play a lot of them. Do, do you work at the same type of game store I do, where one's or someone may stop for a game and purchase it? One might just stop for a game and then purchase it, <laughs> yes. or trade it in. Uh-huh. So usually for cash for drugs. I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, they they certainly didn't steal it from somebody and come in and try and sell it. They're oh, clearly never. drug addicts, <laughs> or just punk ass kids. But you know, yeah, not that I know about anything about that. No, me neither. <laughs> I'm just talking out of my ass at this point. Anyway, what what did you play this year? Oh, God, um, bunch of DS RPGs, uh, Dragon Quest, Golden Sun, Infinite Space, Mass Effect Two, Just Cause Two, uh, Need for Speed, Hot Pursuit, and uh, and other ones that I'm now blinking on. So I played a few. Oh, Brother- Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. That game Red is Dead so Redemption. good. It is. It is really good. It is much better than it has any right to be. Yes. Uh, for for a game that is a one-off uh, coming a year after a proper sequel, I was incredibly impressed with how well <laughs> the uh, multiplayer in that game works. Because it's not, oh, I know the map, and I'm going to run around like a dick and uh, exploit the system and frag as many people as I can. No, you have to be fucking smart about it. Yeah, you could try to be a dick, but you tend to get dicked over way faster 
oh, yeah. than in any other multiplayer game that I've ever played. It's not like uh, Black Ops, where the first game I joined, I went up against a whole bunch of people that were like level fifty and had you know way better equipment than I did. The uh, multiplayer matchmaking actually scaled a little bit. Well, it also helps that, like your base stuff that you just start off the game with, period, still at least gives you somewhat of a level playing ground where if any other people are like level 50 in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, they're still not that much better than you. Yeah, I mean, you can still sneak up behind them and cut their throat. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's definitely very shankalicious. Yes. Um, so what else? Because I completely I, derailed you on that Brotherhood tangent. I think I've mostly list everything. I play more Peggle. <laughs> Peggle? Peggle is my uh, secret um, obsession. Uh, one of my friends constantly refers to me as, a, as an old Japanese man, where I've just substituted Pachinko for Peggle. There and I'm go. not going to say they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually surprised at how many games that came out in 2010 that I played. Now, I've, I've obviously bought games that came out uh, other years. Um, notably, I just want to go ahead and mention this. Uh, I, I bought Wet um, during a buy one, get one resale at Blockbuster recently. And uh, that game is surprisingly fun. It's not deep, uh, and the gameplay is very predictable and repetitive, but it's still entertaining. And the reason I have to mention it on the podcast is because uh, the notorious MSG is on the soundtrack for the game. So uh, big prop, big props to Wet for putting notorious MSG on their soundtrack, and big props for uh, notorious MSG just being awesome. Um, anyway, uh, games this year: Soccer Wars, so long my love for the Wii. Uh, that one was surprisingly fun. Um, which also came up in, uh, what was it, uh, The Warrior's Way? Because the chick yes. in The Warrior's Way is exactly the same character as uh, Jiminy from uh, Soccer Wars. It's the exact same character. Redhead, um, avenging the death of her master. Uh, cowboy? I swear to God, yeah, cowboy, Texan as hell. Does and, she live uh, in a town of circus people? She lives Where's in she? New York. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, it is New York is by way of Japan, so it, it's I'll it's give New, it to you. It's a New York that uh, was way too crime free, especially in Harlem, to have ever existed. <laughs> that was the unintentional comedy moment of the year for me. Was you go to Harlem in the game, and there's no crime. Even the gangs are good guys. Wow. See, that's one of the games that are, it's on my stack that I have purchased, but I have not yet played. I, I recommend it. Um, you know, it's an old PS2 game that got ported over to the Wii. So you've got a lot of uh, still motion, lips moving, talking pictures. Um, but it's from the same team that did uh, Valkyria Chronicles, and you can kind of see some of the same gameplay elements in it. But it's just it's just fun. It's it's just good, stupid, what the hell, Japan fun. <laughs> what um, the hell, Japan is now a category. Yes, yes, it really should be. Listen, when uh, the mechs are steampunk and are being shot through a giant pair of lips uh, that are attached to a building in New York City, there is no other explanation than what the hell, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is a oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I've also played Bayonetta. That's um, another game. Bayonetta was the other half of my buy one, get one free uh, combo that uh, led me into wet. Bayonetta is is really good. Um, if if you've ever done the whole Devil May Cry Ninja Gaiden type of game, it's it's very much in that vein. Because I think, isn't the director the director for like Devil May Cry 3 and 4 for Bayonetta? I think it's Devil May Cry actually, Devil May Cry 1. Okay. I knew I knew it was somewhere in the series that the director was on it, which is funny because the game opens with somebody pissing on his headstone, literally. Wait, the, while listening to "Cry Me to the Moon." Yes, you, I was so excited when the game started out with "Fry Me to the Moon." I was ready to uh, to go into berserk mode and start ripping some shit up because uh, anytime I hear "Fry Me to the Moon," I just I get tingly. <laughs> um, let's see what else was on my list uh, Final Fantasy 13 I have discovered well I have rediscovered something this year I am the uh, the Final Fantasy devil's advocate because all the games in, in the series that people don't typically like I'm, I'm the one that I'm like yeah I actually like that one better than the other ones um, Final Fantasy 12 I loved and I know a lot of purists didn't like that one because you know it was serious and wasn't emo or angsty enough for them. Um, what else? Um, Final Fantasy Tactics, I thought was way better than any of the other ones that came out on the PlayStation. And uh, 13 was stupid and confusing and uneven as far as the story goes, but the gameplay was just phenomenal. Uh, it, it was an RPG that was fun to play. Um, if they had a story to go, that was worth a damn to go along with it, it might be the greatest game ever, but it was actually an RPG that's fun to play. And you can't say that very often, because most of the time it's just a grind to get from one area to the next. Yes. I actually did play Final Fantasy thirteen. I just, I guess I blocked that out. <laughs> um, you're right. The gameplay system is really, really fun, because it's not so much that you're playing the individual characters. You're sort of playing like an overarching coach. That's sort of guiding the characters along a track on how to fight. Right. <laughs> and even the some of the characters, some of the characters were really stupid, but some of the characters were pretty neat. I did like Female Cloud. I, um, I, I love Lightning. She was so and, badass. And then um, also the guy from Crank, but now with an afro. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but the story was so goddamn stupid. I literally got... I got, finally got to Grand Pulse. It was awesome. I had a lot of fun. And then they started shoving me right back into hallways, and I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind the linearity of it, because I never play an RPG and go, oh, there's this huge open area where I get into fights every 30 seconds. I'm going to go explore that, even though it has nothing to do with anything. Uh, it, it, I know there are people that they're like, I just want to go and check out everything there is to see. And I, I'm not like that. I'm just like, Get me to the fucking end. It's a I'm actually the guy who explores usually, and then I get bored halfway through because I've wasted so much time exploring. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to get to the to the end of the damn thing. It's a it's a 45 hour game if you just go from beginning to end. The one thing I will say about Final Fantasy 13 though is I actually did go back and play it after I beat it just because the the gameplay was so good. Which is weird for me. I usually once once I finish an RPG, it's like, okay, you're on the shelf. You know, let's go to something else. 
I have a hard time playing RPGs anymore. I used it, to enjoy it. The uh, something about it really has to grab me. You know, either the story or the gameplay. There just has to be something that interests me. Well, this may sound weird, but what I think ruined me was actually Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Really? Because, like, even the little stuff. I mean, it, you felt like you were in the story. I mean, there there wasn't a lot of what I experienced a lot with, especially the JRPGs, which was I would just l- spend hours leveling up when I used to play those. And this and and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas was was like an was was like an RPG that I didn't have to grind at. It it just kind of happened, and you were in the story. And it I don't know why, but that I had a hard time going back to RPGs after that game. I guess I can see that. Have you um, ever tried? Um, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, have you ever tried RPGs of the portable variety? No, now I say I have not. Yeah. I would I would definitely recommend giving Dragon Quest Nine a try, um, okay. because it's very much a Dragon Quest game, but Dragon Quest tends to be designed that while there is a grind to it, uh, the battles are quick and fast, and because it's a portable game, you can sort of pick it up, you know, put it down, return to it, and it's okay. And they also did some you know different things with this one, like all the enemies are actually on the map now. There's no random battles. Ah, interesting. And so you can technically, if you're good enough, you can run away from them here and there. Um, and in fact, if you're too powerful, they'll actually run away from you. Oh, that's and cool. So, and it's one of those things where it has a very in-depth alchemy system, so you actually do want to run around and explore everywhere just because you get all these items that allows you to make better items later on in the game. Hmm. I would also recommend uh, Persona 3 Portable, but I'm the only person in America that uh, owns a PSP and still uses it. Oh, no, I use it. I use it for ease. Okay, there you go. That's also a good, a good uh, Zelda-ish type of game. That's, that's why Apostrophe S, for those of you uh, wanting to find out more about the Ease series. I don't know why it's pronounced E-A-S-E, but it's Y Apostrophe S. Um, E7 is really good. I, I've got a whole bunch of games on my list, but I don't want to sit here and go through every single one. Um, one I do want to talk a little bit about because it was such a uh, interesting endeavor uh, was Super Mario Brothers crossover. I don't know if any, any of the other guys played it, but um, web- was that the one you linked to a while ago? Yeah, it's it's web based. Um, I played that once. Yes, independently developed is the original Super Mario Brothers with. Other characters from the classic uh, Nintendo era uh, shoehorned into it. So you can play as Samus or Bill from Contra, um, Mega Man, Simon Belmont. You can play as the tank from Blaster Master. Uh, You can play as Ryu from Ninja Gaiden. I played it as Ryu. Um, Yeah, that's a pretty badass game. Um, The fact that it's just the one guy doing it and he hasn't been sued for it yet... uh, more power to him. <laughs> yep. There, there's been a few like random like Mario remixes or Mario like revamps that's happened this year. Like I think it was there no one called Super Mario X that um like, has built with its own level editor. So it's a Super Mario equivalent of like Little Big Planet. That's kind of neat. I would I would enjoy that because you could do some interesting stuff. Uh, 
just making classic Super Mario Brothers levels. Like I think it uses some sort of weird amalgamation of like Mario Three and Mario World for its physics system. And while here it's not perfect, but it's at least enough that you can create levels and try your hand at be trying to make your own Mario type stuff if you really dig into it. That's cool. I would have talked about Mass Effect 2 because I got it for Christmas, but my Xbox Red Ring, so fuck you, Microsoft. Oh, that's why I play all my Mass Effects on PC. I, I, don't, I don't have the money to, uh, to really throw in for a good gaming PC, so I just don't. I don't even try. Um, I did play uh, Cataclysm, which is just more of the same shit, different day for World of Warcraft. Um, don't don't let anybody tell you it's not. It, it's ah, magic boars instead of dire boars. Yeah, it's it's same shit, different day. Uh, now I'm mining elementium and obsidium. It's just bullshit. Yeah. bullshit. You know what you you knew what you were getting into. It's such bullshit, Blizzard. Um, anyway, let's. I think Chad actually did appear online, so let's bring him in. Well, while we're waiting, the I think. Dylan, did you play any uh, games that were actually released in 2010? Um, I played very few. Most of mine came through uh, Xbox Live Indie Games doing uh, reviews. Um, I, I played Minecraft, which is technically released in 2009, but it hit the big time in 2010. Um, uh, and I played StarCraft 2. Um, but the two... I do want to point out two um, Xbox Live Indie games, which uh, were awesome. Uh, one was Breath of Death 7, which is kind of this parody RPG that um, basically plays like uh, Dragon Warrior. And they've got a... same company basically released a second game on the same engine called uh, Cthulhu Saves the World. <laughs> if you are a fan of old school RPGs, like you need to check this out. Um, I have to say it has one of the least painful random encounter systems I have ever played. Um, it's like saying it's the, uh, the least terrible, uh, jailhouse raping you ever went through. Well, yes, but, um, basically the combat is structured so that, um, you are encouraged to finish the battle as quickly as possible. And every dungeon has a set number of random encounters, and after that, after that point, you no longer get any. So it's oh, really yeah. good because because I end up um, exploring quite a bit. And then um, the other game I played was uh, Aphelion, which is basically a cross between Mass Effect and Final Fantasy VII. That plays like well, the, the overhead map kind of has the Chrono Trigger feel and the music. Um, so, hmm. I don't know. But other than that, I played a lot of old games, like 2009 and previous. Yeah, I didn't really play any new... Uh, the, the closest I can get is uh, Rock Band 3. Uh, yeah. And... and I Well, I don't know if you count it or not, but, I, but the downloadable content uh, for uh, Left 4 Dead 2, which I'll count because i got nothing else to talk about but that. So... The the sacrifice. Um, was there another one that they did? The passing. Um, yeah, the passing. The passing. The passing and the sacrifice, um, which are both excellent. But I love that game series. So, um, 
Speaking of uh, Xbox Live Indie Games, did you ever try uh, Curse of the Crescent Isle? I did not. What is that like? It's kind of like um, Mario 2 meets DuckTales. Nice. Interesting. Like, it starts off like kind of like a Mario 2 game, where you actually pick up enemies and you throw enemies. But then as soon as you... But, suddenly, but, at the, but when you get to the second level... Suddenly, um, when you pick up enemies, they do they start affecting the world different ways. Like, one might attack if you raise it above you, it might like latch you to the ceiling, or if you you know, hold it below you, it'll take it downwards. And so it suddenly opens up way more options depending on what enemy you choose. Hmm. One might bounce you around. One might you know be able to get through like you know rock or something. It's it's a really really neat little game. It's like a dollar. Okay, I actually hadn't seen that on the list, which is kind of funny because we've been going through, you know, doing reviews for Game Marks. But I'll have to check that out. Chad, why don't you guys talk about uh, StarCraft Two for a minute? Because I played um, that for like 30 minutes, and I was like, okay, this is just like StarCraft One. Next. I don't know. There, there's a lot of it that has changed, especially in the variety of units. But it's one of those things that if you just jump into multiplayer at the, the basic level units... They're, you're really only going to see the difference of, oh, hey, the graphics are nicer. Because in multiplayer, the basic units are really pretty much the same. Now, Terran's, Terran's got a, a new infantry unit that's seen a lot of use, and whenever you see me playing online, I'll be probably swearing about the Reaper rate because of that. That's where you, early in the game, send a bunch of Reapers in to kill your opponent's workers. And very few, it, it's very difficult in the early game. They're so bloody fast that it's hard to uh, catch up to them. But really, it's an excellent game. Um, I, have, I, I have not played it in a long time. I played it for about, you know, three weeks when I first got it, and then kind of put it on the back burner and forgot about it. Yeah, I did the same thing, of course. I, After I talked you into getting it. Yeah, I, I bought that game. I bought that game knowing full well I would do with it what I do with most games like that, which is play it for a couple of weeks and then forget about it. Um, well, I'll come back to it. My, my big thing is <clears throat> I feel like I haven't had time to finish the multiplayer camp or the single player. Single campaign. player, yeah. Single-player campaign is pretty good, what I've played of it. It it is. It's really good because there are... They've kind of... They've incorporated a lot of the aspects of um, Warcraft 3 where they introduced optional quests, optional objectives to get it, and they've added kind of a, a, a point system where if you accomplish optional objectives, you can get additional upgrades for your units and do additional research on... Uh, special tech outside of the normal tech tree. And I like that. And you also get a choice of when you play the levels, it's nonlinear, which is, I think that's, yes. I think that's the only time I've seen it in an RTS game. Now it's probably been done before. And I've just, because I don't play a whole lot of computer games either. Um, you know, but it's kind of interesting because you can choose that. But one thing that does, 
it's kind of nice, but it's also a little bit annoying when you're first starting out is that in that research branch, you've got kind of an either or choice. Yeah. You get two choices at each level. Basically the alien tech research, which is your main, one of your two main upgrade trees, the other being uh, buying stuff through your armory and mercenaries. Um, your, your science lab or science tech tree researching either Zerg or Protoss tech at each level, as you accumulate points at each level, you get one choice out of the two. And when you're starting out, it's kind of like you don't really have a strategy and you're kind of not sure which ones to really go for. And it's the kind of thing that could be really annoying because it does lock you into one choice or the other for that campaign. It could be really annoying to have to start a whole other campaign and play through the whole thing once you know what you're doing or trying out just to try out these other options because you can't research everything all at once. Yeah. Yeah, I, it is a game I would enjoy more if I played more. If I, you know, I'm sure well, there are people who do go through and and try the different options. Me, I pretty much knew what my strategy was going in. So, well, one of the things that people have complained heavily <clears throat> about is right now in the in the game itself, there's no single player campaign for Zerg or Protoss. There's only one campaign. They're like, well, we paid for we paid full price for only a third of a game. Well, that single that single Terran campaign has as many levels as all three in the last game. Uh, hi, so, allow me to introduce you to Blizzard. Uh, they are uh, owned by a parent company called Activision. They're a bunch of money whores. <laughs> Tell us how you really to feel. Be fair, to, to be fair, this is. Given the choice between either you pay a fairly insane amount of money for an insanely bloated game, but like I said, the, the single-player campaign for Terrans does have um, does have about as many levels as the, the full game of the first one. And you do get a bunch of tutorial levels and things to play around with Zerg and Protoss without having to do multiplayer. Uh, of course, and one of the things that's kind of weird about it, and it's it's simultaneously kind of good and kind of bad at the same time, the campaign units and the multiplayer are very different. There are a lot of different options, and in multiplayer, you, of course, have your that upgrade tree, of course, and that kind of... Uh, not having that in multiplayer is going to throw some people off. Okay. And I don't know. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead and finish your thoughts. Well, that, that, was, that was about all I had. Okay. It's going to throw some people off. It hasn't really thrown me off yet, but in multiplayer, I tend to stick to pretty basic units anyway. And But, of course, I really suck at strategy. Dylan, Dylan, did you get around to making any games this year? Um, no. <laughs> uh, trying to get game marks released, I uh, didn't really have time. I mean, I've screwed around with XNA some, but that's I about it. I didn't think you did, but I wanted to, to check and make sure because I'd feel so pretty shitty. put it on our top, uh, yeah, top it, of uh, best of the year like we did last year? Yeah, with Inkablocks, yeah. Um, 
Speaking of, of uh, the more things change, the more they uh, stay the same. Last year I talked about uh, my addiction to Street Fighter 4. And, of course, this year Super Street Fighter 4 came out. I checked my um, game log today, and uh, I've logged almost 377 hours on uh, Super Street Fighter 4. The game came out on April 27th. So, <laughs> just just so you know. Wow. Wow. That's a thing. It's a hell of a thing. Yes, it is. It, the, the, the worst part about it is that I still suck complete dick at that game. <laughs> but now you get yourself an arcade stick and make it into like a Chainsaw Buffet style arcade stick. I, I actually turned mine into a jury fight stick. Because jury's hot. And I'm friends <laughs> with her voice actress on Facebook. It's cool. It's fine. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and, weirdly enough, I did actually have time for other games this year. Um, Transformers War for Cybertron. Thank God there's a decent Transformers game out there now. Um, Tatsunoko versus Capcom, where Zero fights obscure anime characters. Um, Metroid Other M, uh, which uh, was flawed, and the story, again, was stupid, but I liked it way better than most other people. Um, probably, probably because I recognize... That's not saying much. Well, I, I recognize the fact that um, the Japanese will, in fact, make all of their characters, male or female, into whiny-ass bitches. So when they did it to Samus, I wasn't particularly surprised or offended by it. Um, and I also wasn't surprised when Nintendo decided to tack on a stupid-ass uh, gameplay element just to make, uh, make it more Wii-like because you had to point something at the screen. Um, and it would have just been better if it had just been done as a straight action game. Um, we talked about Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Uh, I played Black Ops for like four days. Um, I played Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, which is really Need for Speed Burnout. And those games haven't changed much. Uh, EA, EA buying them did exactly what I thought. Uh, it would do to uh, Criterion. They just make the same shit over and over now. They maddened them. Yeah, but they at least are doing different things with it. I mean, they're they're might, they might be more subtle than you know what you'd expect. Because first off, you know, Burnout Paradise is kind of way different than previous Burnouts because of its you know open ended wor- open ended world and their lack of a real dedicated crash mode. Where you see that much more present in Hot Pursuit, oddly enough. But like things like the autolog is like you know totally different way of attacking. You know both um, online, single player, and yet multiplayer at the same time. Yeah, Hot Pursuit seemed like a little bit of a step back from Paradise for me. I was I was kind of disappointed by that. It's weird in that, you know, the whole thing actually is open world, but they still throw you to a menu in order to race anyway, so I kind of do wish they could have, you know, pulled it like they did Paradise, where you just drive around, and that's how you accessed all your races, but what can you do? What you can do is uh, take it back to uh, your st- wherever you stop for games, and... Uh, <laughs> Play X-Men Arcade instead. If you got six <laughs> players online, that shit's badass. Has anyone else downloaded that yet? 
I have uh, not. What is it? Uh, do you remember the original X-Men arcade game from the uh, early 90s that Konami put out? It was a giant-ass six-player arcade cabinet where you could play as... Death, yeah, I think I remember. Call, I think I recall that. Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Cyclops, and Storm. Um, yeah, the fact that I actually have a arcade stick at the house uh, makes that experience a lot better for me. Hmm. I actually played that through that with my um, roommate slash podcast producer uh, DJ Nabito, and it was a lot of fun. But then I realized that now that it had a loaded continues, <laughs> there is no challenge. Yeah, but it was just like, beat up, beat up, beat up, you know. Welcome to your die. Awesome. Beat up, beat up, beat up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that reminds me, um, earlier this year, Final Fight Double Impact came out. That's another one of those uh, old school arcade experiences that I'm glad I downloaded on my PlayStation 3 instead of my Xbox, or else I wouldn't be able to play it right now. Also, uh, the Scott Pilgrim game came out, which was a really good... Yes, it was. Uh, beat 'em up game. Uh, I was particularly uh, enthused by the fact that the entire opening sequence is a spoof on the Street Fighter Alpha Three opening credits. And the, they take the um, they take things from both the books and the uh, the movie as cues for like weird cameos and and nods to the uh, other pieces of the Scott Pilgrim media blitz. Well, let's let's transition into movies since we're talking about Scott Pilgrim because I didn't see that movie until uh, last month, but it's really really good. It's it's got to be my movie of the year that's not uh, anime related. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was one of those I I watched the movie first, then read the books, uh, the graphic novels, and I came with being. Liking the movie more, and yet also liking movie the less at the same time. It's really kind of weird, because the movie does some things really, really well, but then in other ways it just totally pales comparison to the graphic novels. Hmm. Sorry, I'm kind of eating at the same time here, so... (laughs) And keep rolling. Uh, Okay, well, uh, for example... um, Oh gosh, what's hot girl's name? Ramona. Uh, yeah. Um, she's it. She's weird in the movie because she sort of doesn't have that much emotion to her. She's kind of aloof the whole time, so I didn't quite connect really Scott and her together, except that that they're supposed to be together. But when you read the graphic novels, you realize that while the you know the movie takes place in the course of like a month, you know. The graphic novel takes closer to like akin to a year, uh, so you actually see the relationship between Scott and Ramona grow as a couple rather than just them getting together in the first place. Oh, yeah. But, if that, sorry, if I had to put a flaw in the movie, it's it's really the pacing because it seems to go by much faster uh, in the course of the movie for any of the uh, relationships to really be believable. You could definitely tell that this was meant to be like at least two or three movies, but they realized they were only getting this in one, so they decided to just go ahead and do it in one. And they, I think they did the best job they possibly could do with it. It's still just, unfortunately, you're trying to shoot a horn too much into too little time. Hmm. 
Although they did pull off better than, say, Spider-Man 3 when they tried to do two movies in Spider-Man 3 and you just end up getting one not-quite-so-great movie. You're getting one yeah. that you wish you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of movies we wish we didn't see, uh, does anybody remember releasing the crappin'? Clash of the Titans? Yes. Yes. Uh, that was that was the movie uh, where the only reason I didn't rampage out demanding my money back was because Gemma Arterton was hot. Is that all it takes for you? Pretty much. It would help if she got naked, though. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying that you would go watch? Let's let's just let's just say you paid your own good money to go watch. Oh, I don't know. Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, but it had Gemma Arterton in it, and she was hot. Would would you then be less mad at the movie? I wasn't that mad at the movie because I was laughing at your sister the entire time. Oh, fair enough. Because she was mad at the movie. She was so pissed. She was upset, and it made me laugh. I'm a terrible uh, person, but it made me are laugh. We, are we back up to Avatar now, or are we back at Clash? Oh, um, whichever. Yeah, just just yeah, go with wherever it. you want to be. Because <laughs> I tried watching Avatar mostly so I can watch Asif Manvi. Ah, uh, and his first scene's great because he's all schmarmy and like meh. I'm on the Daily Show and you're not meh. <laughs> but then the rest of the time he's just trying to act and it's he's only as crappy as everybody else because it's just a really crappily directed movie. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I I weep for that movie because I actually do like the series, although I went in not expecting a great deal. I, I knew the M Night Shyamalan twist would be it's crap. It's no longer a twist anymore. That has to be an actual twist now for that to count. I don't I don't think he cares anymore. I think as long as it's not what you were expect. Well, in this case, I was expecting kind of crap, but it's even worse than you imagined. There you go. That's here's the twist. It's worse than you could have possibly imagined. Dumber and crappier than you could have ever imagined. Ever imagined. Ah, Lordy Rose. Um, but yeah, Clash of the Titans was not only terrible; it was also mildly blasphemous. Because Michael only mildly. Yeah, Mike was the one who pointed out, you know, at the end, Zeus is talking to uh, Perseus, and he's like, yeah, I couldn't let them just kill my son. What kind of god would I be then? Really? <laughs> yeah, and they came out on the <laughs> yes. weekend. Wow. Which, and the funny thing is, if you watch the original movie, it's all like, you know, Greek gods, and, you know, they're, you know, they're sitting court on Olympus. Basically, in the, in the new movie, there is Zeus and there's Hades, and basically everyone is background. So it's actually like more monotheistic than uh, you know than the original, and yet they have that line in there. Wow. Yes, Hades, who had absolutely jack shit to do with the original movie. Oh yeah, that's right. But now it's more like God of War. Except uh, it's really, true. really shitty. That's another game we didn't talk about, but it it was just more of the same God of War, which which is good, but it wasn't otherwise particularly noteworthy. I thought you were saying game. I thought you were saying Clash of Titans. I'm like, yeah, it was pretty much more like God of War, only crappier. Yeah, way crappier. Um, 
Prince of Persia wasn't as bad as I was expecting. No, it was actually a... I don't want to say a good video game movie, but decent. The story actually was coherent. Except for the end, where it was just an entire fucking reset, you know, oopsie. No, she's not dead. No, nobody's dead. You get to save the day now. The the whole hour and a half has been for nothing. Fuck you, rest of the movie. Now the question. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I haven't seen this, but I noticed in the trailers, whenever the prince would do his leap of faith from Assassin's Creed, they also played the hawk noise when he leapt in the trailer. Does he actually do that in the movie as well? I don't know. I don't even know what the hawk noise is. I want to say like, yes, Basil, but I don't remember. I haven't watched it recently enough, although Jeffrey has it. I could borrow it from him and watch it, but I haven't watched it in months. Because that's always got me when I was watching him like, this feels more like an Assassin's Creed adaptation, but the Prince of Persia character. I was sad that they also did not play the hot noise when the guy from Tron left his as well. I haven't seen Tron. Was that any good no. at all? Okay. okay. The question is, did you like right. Tron, the first one? Oh, hell no. I'm not even going to... Then you will not like Tron 2, because it is just it is a sequel to Tron. So, more of the same then? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very, like, like I like the original Tron. And this one is just as goofy and hokey. And you still have to understand that this is an alternate world where computer programs, while they're in the computer, live their own lives and can fall in love Hello. and rock out at clubs. Um, my problem with the original Tron wasn't the concept. It was the fact that it was just boring as fuck. Yeah, so you'll yeah, the same really problems. Okay. Because they do I, take, like, uh, long times just to have them chill out and talk to each other without any real action or real reason to, for them to keep going because they feel they need to talk. So if you didn't like that aspect of the first movie, then it's, well, very much in full effect in Tron Legacy. So what you're hmm. saying is that Tron... the uh, Tron Legacy is a lot like the Chainsaw the Fate podcast where we just talk because we feel the need to. Possibly. Okay. Because we're in the machine. No, it's just, I suspect it's better edited. Possibly. And less technical difficulties. Oh, and the visual effects are amazing. Well, <laughs> looking at the previews, you could tell that. Everything's um, all, you know, shiny chrome and neon and leather. And and latex and big big titties. Wait, are oh, yeah. we talking about the same movie? Yes, we are. Really, I need to see this film. Yeah, my my interest in Tron Legacy really went up should. when I saw the chick in the trailer. I forget her name. I don't there like two chicks in the trailer. I'm talking about the brunette chick, one. not the chick with the white hair. The important oh. one is that it's, is the brunette chick. I, I guarantee you that is. She is. She has very, very nice graphical effects. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, oh, very nice like, gradient oh, okay. shading. I would like to insert my insert my dongle into her port. If you know what I mean. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, we are uh, heading into 2011, even more perverse than usual. Fact. Yeah. Done. Job done. Job done. What? More work. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, okay. Zug, zug. 
<laughs> zug zug indeed. Zug zug. Um, anybody remember the Karate Kid? Uh, yes. No, wait, the first one or the new one? Yes. The first one I can say, yeah, I remember that fondly. And the second one we can say, well, that somehow managed to be even more racist. Yes. Wow. I'm I'm fortunate enough to have not seen the new one, but shouldn't they have called it, like, the Kung Fu Kid? They did everywhere but here. I mean... I mean, really, the the title itself is basically saying Japanese, Chinese, it's the same thing. Like, they called it a Kung Fu Kid in the rest of the world except the United States because they didn't think we were smart enough to realize what it was. Ah, uh, interesting. To be I didn't fair, know that. we probably are not. Yeah, there is that. In fact, that's, that's why we didn't get a super, the original Super Mario Brothers 2. We got some other game with Mario characters slapped on it instead. Yeah, but it was a good game. Fact. It was a good game. Well, that one's also weird in that, in actuality, uh, Miyamoto actually worked way more on Doki Doki Panic, the game in question. And further, it was actually a licensed game from Nintendo. And Nintendo doesn't really do licensed games. And so a uh, conspiracy theory is that actually... um, that they actually were intending this the whole time to be a Mario 2, but they had to put out a licensed game, so they put it out in Japan, then they released it in America as Mario 2, because that was their original intent. Who knows if that's true or not, but that's the theory. I, don't, theory. I, I think the, the gameplay and concepts are so different that it really isn't likely to be true. But so many enemies and other concepts from that game ended up moving into... I think that's more of a revisionist history kind of thing. Yeah, they tried to make three combined elements of two and one, both. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that game was well-received. We're going to go ahead and, and say that that's quote-unquote canon and throw some of the enemies and stuff into later games. <laughs> like the little what? ninja guys and the shy guys, I think, all made it into subsequent games and Birdo. Birdo especially. Yeah, everybody's favorite transvestite and or transsexual. You mean Poison from... Yeah, uh, I was say, yeah, Poison. Because um, over the last year, Poison has gotten just an insane, insanely popular, and I don't understand why I'm like... You, you understand that that's a transsexual, right? Dude, just stop checking 4chan, really. Just, just stop. <laughs> I have no you. idea who that is. Because my video game expertise stopped in about 1989. Well, let's go ahead and roll this on over into anime, because I think we're, we're going to get our, our best bang for our buck uh, over on the anime side. Uh-oh. Basil, what we're, now, when, when we talk about anime from 2010, I like to keep it specifically to shows that were either streamed or had some other sort of legal official release here in the U.S., um, during the calendar year. So, with that in mind, Basil, what were some of the some of your favorite animes from 2010? Oh, in that case, Cross Game, Cross Game, and more Cross Game. Isn't isn't Cross Game the uh, isn't that the one about the girls' baseball team? No, no, that's a different one. Okay, that's a different one. Um, no, Cross Game is baseball. Um, it's uh, from uh, Mitsuru Adachi. He also did Touch way back in the day. 
He's pretty much known for doing really, really good sports anime, but then really, really focuses on the characters. Um, just as much as, say, the sport in question. In fact, some might say he focused on the characters more than the sports in question. It's just more a, uh, it's a, he knows the baseball s- sports thing. So it just sort of uses his, his setting, his uh, backdrop to tell the stories with. And it's a really, really good um, character drama uh, and romance triangle thing. But also really good at the whole baseball thing, too. So in other words, it's kind of like Princess Nine. Kind of, kind of, yeah. Well, if, Princess, if you're really... Princess Nine was, was like a league of their own with a love triangle thrown in there and that sort of deal. Yeah, yeah, it's that sort of thing. I won't talk about too much if you really want to listen about cross game. I uh, ended up doing a, a two-hour podcast <laughs> with um, the Reverse Thieves and Drew from Akibar Renditions. So we talk about cross game for two whole hours. So if you really want to hear about it, go check out that episode because we talk the shit out of it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to briefly mention in passing because it, it did see its official... DVD Blu-ray release this year, even though it's like three years old now. Uh, Love Dave Evangelion 1.11, and that's all I'm going to say about it, because we did a whole fucking podcast on it. Um, but Cat Shit 1 had to have been the surprise anime for me from the, that I've seen this year. Forgot about that one. Yes. Yes, that was an excellent, excellent anime. Uh, I just could not believe that if you had told me, oh yeah, you're going to love this anime that is completely CG about a bunch of rabbits uh, fighting a pseudo-Gulf War conflict, uh, I'd be like, man, you're fucking high. Do you know the pun of, you know the, pun of the whole thing, why they're bunnies? No. It's because they're Usagi, U-S-A-G-I. Oh, yeah, I, I remember hearing about that now that you... Uh... Yeah, that, that was so good. The, the original source stuff actually uh, had it take place in Vietnam. <laughs> Where I think they actually were, were they were fighting cats instead, but when they actually <laughs> wow. animated it, they uh, updated it to be more modern. So now it takes place in the desert with camels. Yeah, I really i i, I went in okay, thinking, that, well, it's going to be a weird that anime. Sounds like I'm it had, like it, but that, I, I've not seen it. But that with the camel thing, that sounds like it shows all of Japan's usual racial sensitivity. Hey, Mr. Popo was perfectly appropriate. <laughs> to someone <laughs> from the 1930s. <laughs> to Bing Crosby. Yes, Bing Crosby would have found no problem with that character. Um, yeah, just the, the, uh, the Zebra Gundam disagrees. Well, well, we're not going to talk about, you know, dissing on G- Maji Gundam here, um... <laughs> That that is my guiltiest of guilty pleasures. What? Well, no, it's the G Gundam's the best Gundam. Um, it, it's 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 second in lulls. It's second in lulls to Gundam Wing because of the just pure misogyny. You know, I don't fight for well, children. All the Gundam series have misogyny in them. Oh, and giant robot. Sailor Moon disagrees with you. Um, but, Soul, e- Soul Eater came out this year, didn't it? Wasn't this the first year it started coming out on this uh, 
on this shore? Or am I smoking the pipe again? No, no, it did, it did. It's been, I, I keep forgetting how, how long 2010 really was yeah. uh, for me as well as, I guess, y'all, as far as, you know, growing up with the podcast and everything. I, uh, I really enjoyed Soul Eater for the most part. It's, it's still your basic fighting anime, but the characters are pretty interesting, and there isn't as much character creep where it's like, oh, here's 50 more characters. I still have to finish that mm-hmm. one. I started that one and I got the rest of it on DVD for Christmas. I've still got I still got to finish that one. Um, it did a, go ahead. It did a much better job of the whole um, Bowen's trying to write a new ending because the manga's not over yet than the full full final alchemist. I'll give it that. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the show, but once you actually pay attention to the manga. And where it breaks off, you realize just if they were able to like do a uh, a Soul Eater Brotherhood, as it were, it would be really, really neat. Ah, Brotherhood uh, took me a while to get into, but I'm I'm starting to turn around on it. Even though they uh, resumed it on Adult Swim last night and completely wasted my fucking time with a recap episode. <laughs> Although, uh, what was the name of that whiskey that Hohenheim was drinking, Dylan? Like snarling dog or something, something, yeah. something dog scotch whiskey takes you by surprise. Yeah, <laughs> that, that shit's worse than Cisco because you see people that are dead. You see people, you know, fifty years younger than what they actually are. You see faces on your face. You're pulling off your own face. It's it's fucked up, man. Hey, I could, I could pickle myself like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Let could. Me know how that works out. Like you haven't already. Um, High School of the Dead was really good, although I think it's going to jump the shark almost immediately as soon as it uh, resumes season two. How could it jump the shark anymore? Because um, at the end of season one, it intimates that they're going to a mall. Oh. So so where they had successfully avoided all the classic zombie tropes, uh, they're going straight the fuck into it now. With wide open arms. I could not get past the third episode of that show. Why? Which one was the third minutes. one? No, the first one. I couldn't get past the first one. Oh, the first one. one. Like, uh, it's, the, it's the weird Western-style zombies, but with the East Japanese-style fan service. You know, put together, <laughs> it just... There was a disconnect that I just cannot get past. <clears throat> Yeah, I couldn't get past the uh, the fan service and the high school students. I would have to say, if not for the fan service, that would be a dreadful show. Agreed. It's it be, because I, I, always, I mean I only saw like the first like three four episodes, but it is just so dark and so grim that without the fan service, I would be so depressed by the end of each episode. I would someone would have to be trying to grab the razor from my hand. The scene where um. The girl gets pulled down. I love that but, scene so much. Yes. And all you see is just her legs and panties twitching while she's getting eaten. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. The, the <laughs> thing I love about that scene is that you know, yeah. that, girl, that girl is running down the hallway holding hands with her best friend. They're like, oh, we're going to be BFFFFs, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and she was like, no, fuck you. Go. First, first time somebody gets grabbed by a zombie, she kicks her down the stairs and she's like, fuck you, bitch. 
because that's how you do it. <laughs> You're dragging me down. That was fine, but then how they showed her being eaten, I was like, okay, um, you had me, then you lost me. Yeah. I don't think it ever had me. Yeah, whatever. Really? It was a it was a decent like the concept was decent. I actually like the feel of the show, except for the fan service. And again, the fan service. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan service guy, but that without it, I don't think I could have watched any of it. Well, then don't watch Rainbow. Okay, that's uh, Rainbow. Um, it is an anime. Um, set in, I think, post-World War II Japan, where it's pretty much dudes in prison. Wow. Well, they're actually used at a youth correctional facility, but it's pretty much prison. With fan service? <laughs> no. That's the fan service. That's the wrong kind of fan service. The first scene has the doctor go, all right, and then you notice there are... Um, Spots on the floor where there's two hands and two spots for knees. Nice. And you don't see it, but you certainly hear it. Oh. And it goes down from there. It goes down. If you know a a depressing show that that you know kicks them in the you know in the gut, and then it gets a little bit better in the end, so you feel kind of okay just to watch something worse happen to them the next episode. <laughs> but it's really I, good. I am, not, doesn't sound like your, uh, your speed. Yeah. I am a, I am as big a pervert as anyone or bigger than most. And high school of the dead, for example, just kind of threw me off with the fan service, you know, it's uh, kind of like, um, I'm okay with tentacle rape, but getting brains eaten while fan service, um, maybe not. So you guys are just you guys just aren't hardcore enough. I'm sorry. Well, I'm for not. me, I admit I'm not. If, if, if that if that's the kind of stuff that's going to bother you, you just don't you don't need to be watching my private collection. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh. Um, anyway, the um, only um. Other than other than the ones that have already been mentioned, because for some reason 2010 was a really dry year for me for anime, um, yeah. yeah. Because I can't stay up, my, I just I cannot stay up late enough to watch Adult Swim at this point. I'm getting old and have a job. Um, and Kakashi is boring. It has uh, moments. Uh, what? Yeah, no. Yes. It is incredibly <laughs> no, fucking I, boring. Whatever. It's it's one of the, one of the best showdown shows around. Last, last night's episode, what the hell is that? <clears throat> oh, here comes Gen's teacher. Who the fuck cares? Where is this shit going? I don't know, but they're still at that fucking school. Now, I will point out that, that you defended it, a, you know, a while back. So, like... I, I, defend, I defended it long <clears throat> enough to see where it was going, but, you know, we've been here for a few months now. I still don't know where the hell they're going. The fundamentals of this show are strong. <laughs> Yeah, so so are the fundamentals in the WNBA. That doesn't make it any more entertaining. All right, well, if you're at the point where at the teacher, give it another few episodes, because I I think at that point it's where it starts actually reaching closer to the end game. Uh, All right. right. It actually does have an end game, because I I saw it and I thought, this is just going to be another fighting anime, and 
kind of yeah. tuned uh, it out. It does have an end game. Unfortunately, it's one of those shows where um, the manga was still going, so they and they ended the anime uh-huh. early. But what they did with this one is they took the um, idea of well, we'll just end it at this at the proper story arc end, and then leave it at that. So yeah. you actually do um, it ends where the, the equivalent spot in the manga would have ended anyway to that story arc. So it's all uh-huh. right. So if they pick it up again, it's not going to be a big deal. They can just pick up from where they left off. Right, but they hmm. probably never will. And granted, the manga is one of those cases where the manga is really, really better than the anime. Um, also, you've caught them right when McDonald's stopped sponsoring them. So they <laughs> lost a lot of their money to actually make the show with. Uh, I'm, I didn't know that McDonald's sponsored them, mainly because one of the characters didn't have a giant chicken nugget that she carried around. No, but many times when Gin eats, he's eating uh, Happy Meals. I did not notice that. Or like cheeseburgers or McDonald's fries. Like It's like the red cartons and stuff for his fries. Oh, well, okay. um, product placement failure then, if you didn't notice it. Well, I, oh, I, I mean, it's not Code Geass and Pizza Hut, man. I mean, it's a lot <laughs> more vague than that. Oh. Um, yeah, I'll I'll take a flyer then. If you say it's going to get better, I'll trust you and I'll I'll keep watching for a little bit longer. But but no, the, 2010, the only series I've seen in its entirety, and and I'm almost ashamed to say it is Del Toro Quest. And that's that's pretty much it. Wow. Yeah, that's okay. that's very much a, it's very much a kids show based on a series of Australian kids fantasy novels. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I want you to do. Well, is I want you to go watch Tommy Galaxy. It's on Hulu. Uh, that's, that, didn't, they, didn't they start playing that the same time they played uh, House of Five Leaves? Yes, yes, they did. And I, for some reason, I started watching House of Five Leaves and never picked up to Tommy Galaxy. I don't know, I don't know why. I, just, I guess I forgot about it. Look, go back and watch it. It's actually probably my favorite anime this year. Really? Like, <laughs> Well, I say that after Cross Game, but I technically always refer to Cross Game as my favorite anime of last year, uh, to, of 09, so um, I'm going to say tell me that's my favorite anime of, of 010. Um, it's, it's very neat. It's about um, this guy in college, and he thinks he's going to have this awesome love life when he gets to college, and the truth is he's a big dork and totally Fs it all up. So wow. he gets that- tempted by his buddy Ozu to, instead of like you know finding love, Screw everybody else so they can't find love either. Nice. Dude, that's totally hitting close to home for me. <laughs> like, and so each episode is him trying out a different uh, college club and trying to make things work. They're saying, screw it, and then effing it up for everybody. Nice. And then the ending happens. And it totally changes how you feel, how you think about the entire show, and it's crazy, but awesome. Um, huh. Speaking <clears throat> of Hulu... Uh, Hulu, I blame for uh, me wanting to start watching Casher and Sins, because that show fucking sucked. You're talking about something that's just generally depressing and boring as hell. Casher and Sins was it. It, it was basically uh, a remake of an old Tatsunoko anime, um, which inspired a, lo- a lot of, uh, of what came to be Mega Man. And uh, if you ever check out Quick Man and Cashern. Uh, Quick Man is, is a direct nod to Cashern. Um, but that show was so ridiculously stupid. There is an apocalypse. 
that Cashern caused, and now the robots think that if they eat Cashern, uh, then somehow, oh yeah, uh, everything's going to be fine and I'll be immortal. I don't know what the fuck's going on with that show. I, I, I watched an episode and then it was like, okay, I want to be able to watch another one. They forgot all about it. Yeah, it, it's completely not worth doing. Well, it looks like we lost Dylan. Again. Yeah. God damn it, Dylan. Agreed. What the hell, Dylan? Um, has anyone watched uh, Eden of the East yet? Yes. What did you think about it? I liked it a lot. Don't watch the movies. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I've been wanting to see it. I saw uh, the trailer for it at AWA, and I'm like, that show looks really cool. I want to watch it. But it, it ver- It's written by the same guys who did Standalone Complex, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, and it kind of plays out kind of like a, sort of a Standalone Complex light. And then it takes place in a more modern-day setting, but it still has some neat sci-fi concepts in there. Um, and I think that Funimation put out the whole thing in just one set. Yes, they did. And it does tell I, – I feel it tells a decently complete story from beginning to end. Um, they do leave a little bit of a cliffhanger that they can explore in the movies. Sadly, the movie – at least I haven't seen the second one, but the first one made totally feel like I don't know why I'm watching you. You're not nearly as good as the TV series was in the first place. What happened? Hmm. But the actual TV show, I, I highly recommend. It's a lot of fun. It's really neat. I will be sure to check that out then. I had that on my list of things to talk yeah. about. Um, has anyone uh, watched Ponyo? Yes. No, actually. Uh, was Ponyo any good? Do you, do you mind watching a children's movie? Um, not terribly, as long as it's entertaining. Then you probably will like Ponyo. Um, it is very much Miyazaki making a children's movie. Uh, is it depressing and nagging? No. Okay. And I thought the English uh, black show was very good for that one. Disney usually well, does all right with that. Yeah, they they usually do well enough. Why am I getting... I don't know. I'm getting like an echo of myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Dylan's fault. Yeah, Skype tends to uh, max out the uh, CPU on my laptop, and then... uh... (laughs) I'm on my netbook, and I'm not having issues. How can you be on a laptop? Yeah, I'm on my netbook, so... I actually started Googling I'm for it. I'm on my netbook on a... I'm on my netbook on a, on a freaking 3G connection. He's, a, he's, he's calling from the bathroom, damn it. Or he's inside having, the bottle. Yeah, he's having or fewer the problems lot. than you. He's calling from the parking lot. He's yeah, right outside your bottle. house. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe like... He's I, climbing I, through your window trying to grab <laughs> your people up. Hey, shut up. That's my hometown to talk about here. <laughs> hey, hide your kids, hide your wife. Hide your kids, hide your wife. And hide your <laughs> husband, because they're raping everybody in here. Oh, you, my. You must be so proud, Basil. You must be so proud. I think I might at one point in my life sold him a video game. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
You need to get the Ben Trader guy on your podcast. <laughs> oh God! Like my my local anime con, Hamacon, my con, my con chair is debating like having him as one of our guests of honor, and I'm like, why? It's not, it's not anime at all. Not just guest, but guest of honor. Is that like an honorary doctorate? You really didn't do anything to deserve it, but uh, we're going to give it to you anyway. That is fact. That, that might be what it he, ends up being. He was going to dispense vigilante justice. I mean, he was threatening vigilante justice. He did something. He's like Batman, and uh, Batman's big in Japan. Therefore, uh, there's your connection. It's really Batman big I don't know. I may have just made that up. Batman's big everywhere, in my mind. I thought it was Supergirl that was big in Japan. I don't know. Give Batman boobs, and it's the same thing. Man, Iron Man was kind of disappointing. The second one, I I liked the second one. It it was, I it was really fine. Uh, no, I'm oh, sorry. The Iron Man anime. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. There was an anime. Now that you mention, I do remember it. Because it was totally. going to be on, like, G4 or something. I was like, wow, they're actually having anime on I G4. totally missed that somehow. Again. My God, G4 shows anything other than, like, cops and cops. cheaters? They don't. Not, not that I've seen. <laughs> exactly. Well, now you know how good the Iron Man anime really was. It killed the conversation. That's true. Yeah, it was... It's... Tony Stark isn't just nearly enough of a jerk. And it just, like, it is weird in that it is sort of every other episode is good. Like, because the second episode had him being more of a jerk, and like, oh, okay, this is Tony Stark. But it feels like they sort of didn't understand how to write an asshole in this case. Which is really weird, because Japan has done it many other times before. But... They just couldn't make a drunk misogynist. That's so weird. I know. I yeah, just I mean, don't get maybe it. Their version of, maybe their version of Tony just needs to drink more. Well, the trick is that like they would constantly show him like drinking like wine and like highfalutin stuff, not like freaking like. Uh, uh, like uh, what the hell? <laughs> Tony's drinks vodka and the cheapest vodka available and whiskey the cheapest strongest whiskey which is weird because Tony Stark's kind of a multi-billionaire well you, hey here's the thing you don't get rich by spending money you get rich by saving money and when you drink as much as Tony does you can save a lot by switching from Jack Daniels to <laughs> The name to the uh, off-brand. I'm switching to whatever Hohenheim was drinking. <laughs> well, it does take I'm you by surprise. Right now, Mark- <laughs> 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 yeah, we're, we need to try that Cisco experiment sometime. No, that's that's not happening. Pretty Come sure on, you- Dylan, you know you want to. I'm pretty certain you can get me to say I am fucking Megatron anytime you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially now that you've recorded yourself saying that. I mean. Yeah, just yeah. make it your ringtone. I am fucking Megatron. <laughs> you can, like, have various, like, I yeah, am if we ever put fucking up- Megatron. <laughs> Whatever. If we ever put up ringtones on our site, that will be one of them.
I am fucking Megatron. <laughs> I am fucking Megatron. <laughs> That's it. That's mine. <laughs> inflection. Inflection has so much, uh, so much to do with how uh, a statement like that is viewed. Yeah. yeah. I am fucking Megatron. <laughs> We're sending 2010 off in sounds. style, baby. Wow, that was actually pretty good. That's Megatron gear. That's very Neil Kaplan of you. <laughs> Shout out to Neil Kaplan. Yeah. Megatron. Wait, Neil Kaplan is Megatron? No, no. In my heart. I think he was. I think he actually had to do some Megatron lines for one episode when the guy didn't show up. If I recall correctly. Okay, that's a little weird. Oh. I mean, that's like David Kay being Optimus Prime in animated. I think we have sufficiently managed to kill the podcast. Yep. So let's Oh, I think it was it a long time ago. I think that <laughs> at what point as they I think that was technical difficulties. Yeah. That too. Um Let's go ahead and just kind of go uh, round robin here, and everybody kind of throw out a uh, epitaph on 2010. Uh, Basil, we'll go ahead and start with you. Oh, I don't know. 2010 was actually pretty awesome for me. Um, the awesome cast did really well. I started running panels this uh, past year. They all did pretty well. I helped kick off two new conventions. 2010 was not bad. Wow. Uh, Charlie, how about you? Damn you, sir. Um, I don't know. 2010 was... It was a year. I, I was alive during it. Um, uh, you got to talk to me. I mean... I, I got to talk to Basil. I, I may or may not have watched the new My Little Pony series. Um <laughs> Hey, I have not heard bad things about that show. I'm I'm not saying I, I've watched it. I'm just not saying that I've not watched it. And I'm not going to say I enjoy it. I'm just not saying that I don't enjoy it. Um, <laughs> and I'm and that's I, 2010 for me. Did you may or may not have fucked Megatron? Is that what you're saying here? Uh, I'm I'm fucking Megatron. Uh, okay. <laughs> As long as that's, that's, you know, that's 2010. There's 2010's episode. I'm fucking Megatron. Chad, yeah. how about you? Um, 2010 sucked for a myriad of reasons that I won't get into. But um, fuck you, Sci-Fi Channel. I want actual science fiction back. That's all I have to say. <laughs> and you can follow him at cb underscore chef on Twitter. <laughs> For more sci-fi hatred. <laughs> yes. I really like your ego. I'm not. I'm not bitter at all, really. Dylan, how about you? Um, I don't know. 2010 was like uh, it wasn't great. It wasn't horrible. It was sort of it. Everything sort of averaged out. Um. John, go for it. All right. 
2010 was really weird. Personally, it's you know, as far as just personal stuff, it wasn't great. Um, but as far as things for Chainsaw Buffet and the Porcelain Idol and things like that went, it was really good. Um, because thanks to Basil, I was able to uh, meet him, do some collaboration. Uh, we were on Awesome Cast. We crashed a panel at uh, AWA that I had no business crashing. Um, we did voice actor interviews, uh, which was really big. Uh, that was a big thrill for me. Um, I think I hear Liz in the background. Um, nope. No. Actually, that's, that's the woman. That's Kate. And, okay. Uh, the yeah, woman. Um, yeah, she just got in the car. Um, so so yeah, Chad's gotta, about to drive um, off now. <laughs> right off into the sunset. Which is exactly why I was about to say goodbye, good night, and have fun, guys. All right. I will be care- talk be care- you later. Driving. I'm going to sun out now. Bye, Chad. Yeah, I, I'll miss I you. Can... <laughs> Only because it's very long range. Oh. Oh, God. Um, yeah, buckle up. Um, I already have. Drunk. I don't. I don't trust myself to drive while talking on this headset, so... Yeah, don't don't drink I'll and drive. Out. You right, control bye. the bottle, the bottle doesn't control you. <laughs> I would beg to differ. <laughs> no, it's the dogs that control Chad. Oh, you said it. <laughs> I did say it. Oh, God. Anyway. Um, yeah, so... I, I'm looking forward to us doing more big things in 2011, and, uh... Yeah. Do y'all have any crazy plans for 2011 to grow the podcast or new <clears throat> ideas or? Yeah. Um, one thing that I wanted to start doing this year was to uh, bring on guests via Skype, which Basil, you are uh, the first to have that distinction. Yay. Uh, yeah. Way to go, man. Yeah. And, uh, it's actually I'm... my first guest appearance anywhere. So really? Well, okay. For my first guest appearance via Skype, I've technically have been in person for the Acura editions a few times. But oh. with them, it almost feels like I'm just another member. I'm just only there so often than a guest. So I'm going to call this my first guest my guest shot. Sweet. We'll need We're to your first. Because, you know, like Anime Weekend Atlanta and MTech, just, it, it's like twice a year. It's not enough. We'll have to do more. Oh, whenever you want me, just, just light up the basal signal. I'm there. All right. <laughs> Yeah, so, so we're hoping to do some more of these, but that's going to be dependent on me really kissing some people's asses, which I've I've been doing hardcore uh, via uh, social media for the last several months. So I'm hoping to start getting that underway now that the holidays are over. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I, I don't want to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to try and get this person, this person on, on the podcast, because then it will invariably not happen and... You know, when we start putting 2011 in the ground, they'll be like, well, you know, last year fucking sucked. Wow, we're already talking about the end of the year, and for... It's it's uh, the universal theory of creep, Dylan. Ah, uh, yes. Now, what was this you said about anime roundup earlier? Um, this is a project that uh, my friend Nathan and I have been working on. It is an anime review show. Um, it's something that we have been working on for the better part of uh, the last six months. Um, we are very close to having 
things ready to where we can start rolling out into beta, but it, it's underwent so many changes in terms of production um, that it's, although we had several episodes recorded, uh, we've changed the way we, we do things now so much that we've thrown those out. So uh, this coming weekend, we're going to shoot what will aim to be our very first episode that we release and things will kind of go forward from there. But um, we don't have a solid release date. We're just kind of, it, it's one of those, it, it'll be ready when it's ready. And we'll, of course, talk about it more uh, here and on Twitter and everywhere else when it's actually up and going. Is this a video show or, po- or just an audio podcast? It is, it is a video show uh, with vi- you know actual video clips from the anime. Um, you'll get to see me and Nathan cover your eyes. Um, but, it, yeah, it's, it's going to be... Uh, I think we're going to upload the videos to uh, Blip TV. And uh, they'll be they'll be embedded on the website, of course, once that's uh, up and going. Well, awesome! Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. We've been rolling for like an hour and a half now. So, uh, Basil, thanks so much for joining us. Um, uh, thank you, guys. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, everybody, thanks, thanks for, for listening. Thanks you're, for wasting an hour and a half of your time. Yeah, you're, you guys. No through, problem. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Okay, so if it's just the normal message, then I can assume that we're opening at normal time. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Charlie has not discovered the mute button. That's the problem when you uh, when you record from your toilet. <laughs> Look, they're not going to poop themselves. No, we're talking about Chad. Oh, oh. He's like recording from his car, connecting with his droid or something. No wonder it's not working well. Oh, uh, what happened to John? I. Don't know. Sorry, I, had, I was on mute. Uh, oh. I, was cussing, I was cussing out Chad, but I didn't want it to be on tape. <laughs> there are quite a few expletives that were dropped.
was going to say Chad's online. We can go ahead oh. and add him in. Well, we will go ahead and add him to the uh, Chainsaw Buffet uh, hotline <laughs> sponsored by theporcelainidol.com where humanity circles the bowl. <laughs> sponsored by... <laughs> Sponsored yeah. by your site. Sponsored and by my site. I also do. And GameMarks.com and AnimeRoundup.com, wherever we get that thing up and running. Are we sponsored by Sony yet? We keep nope. shilling for them. Nope. Uh, you got you got to spend money to make money, champ. <laughs> Anyway, we were. What were we talking about? Basil was, was about to say something. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! You were talking about uh, Prince of Persia movie being more like Assassin's Creed. Oh yeah! When yeah. I was watching um, the trailer for Prince of Persia, I noticed it really felt a lot like Assassin's Creed, where they would constantly just they would spin around the prince, and then he would take this giant leap out from nowhere. And I swear, when he actually takes a leap in the trailer. Uh, whenever you do your leap of faith move in um, Assassin's Creed, okay. they have a hot noise that plays in the background. And I swear the same hot noise plays as when the when the prince jumps off his little ledge thing. Am I thing. here? Yes, Chad, you're here. Basil is talking. Can't hear anything. We know. That. <laughs> hey, Dylan, can you uh, pipe in some Keystone Cops music at this point? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm too busy weeping over, uh, you know... This podcast is going straight down <laughs> through technical difficulties. I, I'm just going to go ahead and add this to the pile of fuck you 2011 things that have already happened to me this month. <laughs> Can we add a fuck you 2010 too? Um, may as well, because uh, I, I think, Chad, your your introduction uh, of not being able to hear anything and talking over Basil is a perfect example of how shitty 2010 might have been. <laughs> Oh, and and how oh. shitty 2011 continues to be. Oh man. Oh boy. Well, we at least are consistent. Consistently right. shitty. Well, that was uh, an adventure.